since I already read the gospel reading, and I'm going to refrain from doing the, um, the passion narrative, I will move right into my sermon. A reading from Mary Oliver, poem by Mary Oliver. It's called, The Poet Thinks About the Donkey. On the outskirts of Jerusalem, the donkey waited. Not especially brave or filled with understanding, he stood and waited. How horses turn out in the meadow, leap with delight. How doves released from their cages, clatter away, back splashed in the sunlight. But the donkey, tied to the tree as usual, waited. Then he let himself be led away. Then he let a stranger mount him. Never had he seen such crowds. And I wonder if he had at all imagined what was to happen. Still, he did what he has always done, what he's always been, small, dark, obedient. I hope fine oh yeah. I hope finally he felt brave. I hope finally he loved the man who rode him so lightly upon him as he lifted one dusty hoof and stepped as he had to forward. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we know these stories that we hear every Sunday. We know the stories that we are going to hear this next week. We've been hearing them all our lives. We know the characters, especially the main ones. And we can usually, most of us, maybe all of us, can picture the scene before us. I mean, our visuals might be a little different than the person next to you. But they're still pretty similar. I mean, sometimes we get these pictures in our head from the pictures we hang on the, on the walls, even though they may not be fully accurate, that they are a person's depiction. So a few weeks ago, I think it was on a Wednesday night, I spoke about a study done by the Reverend Dr. Mark Allen Powell about how we unintentionally leave things out of stories that we know so well. Truthfully, we leave out of stories the things that we just don't see as important. This next week, I encourage you to hear in our Bible readings the people who are seen as less important, the people we don't even give get a, give a second glimpse or give a second thought to this morning's reading. We have people without names. Two disciples, we're not told which two, are told, well, are sent out. And Jesus says, if anyone asks you, and then we find out anyone is now the owner, he still doesn't have a name. 
We hear about the whole multitude of disciples. Well, which ones? How many? Who were they? And I'm sure many of us put more characters into the story than that are listed. We put in kids and young people and old people and people who just go unnamed. Now, sure, for them to list in the Bible all of the names, the great multitude might be a little much. But still, we keep unimportant people nameless. We listen closely later this week on Friday. The nameless people in our stories. We hear about the slaves, a woman, the two crucified with Jesus, who aren't given a name, the soldiers who threw dice for his clothes, and even the disciple whom Jesus loved. People who are nameless. People seen as not as important in our story, when really they are needed as ju just they are needed just as much as the named people, or our stories just wouldn't be complete. I read the poem by Mary Oliver, and I think about the truth of that donkey, not a beautiful white stallion. Which the truth is that's how the people were expecting the king to be coming in. That's how kings arrive. But it, Jesus is on an animal that gets overlooked. I think about the people in the stories, people in our lives that get overlooked. I think about the teenagers who just can't seem to fit in no matter what they do. I think about those who are struggling with health issues, who kind of put on a good face, and they hide what is struggling deep within them, the fears, all of the things that kind of push them on the sidelines. I think about those struggling with infertility, those who mourn, refugees now trying to flee safe, safety, flee for safety. I think about those, truthfully, who are unable to feel safe in a church, and those who feel out of place at family gatherings. I think about the donkey, the donkey who waited to be called to an important job, and the people in the same spot who will never get the recognition they deserve, those who are used and then tied up again until they are needed again. And yet, in all of our stories, stories of all these unnamed people, Christ is there with them, with you, during times when you feel like the donkey, the one who just waits to be seen. And I wish, I wish I could just shout out loud to them so that they can hear. I know that in your pain and your fear and your struggles and in your mourning, to say to you that Christ is with you to ride with you on your journey, to see you for all that you are, 
when the world rushes by and you feel left on the sidelines, feeling nameless and overlooked, Jesus calls you by your name and welcomes you in. Because you do have a name. You are seen by God. The thing is, throughout the Gospels, Jesus finds the nameless, the woman at the well, the man with leprosy, the man with demons, the bleeding woman, the Samaritan woman, Peter's mother-in-law, a blind man. And we even hear that Jesus calls the children to come to him. Jesus is in the truth of this broken world. And we'd rather be in our times of brokenness than to be anywhere else. It's why God came down in the form of Jesus in the first place. To live among us. The broken. And that means during our struggles and when we feel unseen and nameless. To love us to the truth of all that will happen this next week. A week of that starts with celebration, and then we get betrayal and death, and celebration at the end. Because, all of that because of God's love for you. Our gospel reading today wouldn't have been the same without that donkey. Nameless or not, we need him to make the story complete. All of you, those who mourn, those who feel on the sidelines and lost, those who struggle, know that you are seen and named by God. Because you are why Christ came. It is because of all of us that Christ died. And that isn't a bad thing. It's a freeing thing. It's a hope-filled thing. It's God's way of showing love and mercy, and a whole lot of forgiveness. It's a gift of grace that is for you, no matter where you stand, or no matter how long you wait. Amen.